Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, April 16th, 2021. It has been 183 days since Sony nominations were announced. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. (laughs) And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, you know what the significance of 183 days is, don't you? No, I don't even understand time anymore. Fair. That means that we are exactly half a day past half of a year since the Tony nominations were around 365 days mm. divided by two is 182 and a half days. So it has been six Great. months well. since the Tony nominations were announced, and we still don't know when they're going to be. So, LOL, uh, shoulder shrug emoticon. <laughs> I can't even react to that. I'm just like, of course it's been half a year. That's, that's, that's standard. Yeah, it's just par for the course. And we told you this was going to happen, uh, maybe not right away, because I actually thought they would do it last fall, but just what a what a just what kidding. a time to be yeah. alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, another great thing about being alive right now is that if you wait until the end of this episode, you've been hearing it all week. But if you haven't had a chance to check it out, listen to the little bit of a teaser for the legendary Jan Simpson's new show coming up here in broad on Broadway Radio. If you are one of our lovely Patreon subscribers, you will be able to listen to this episode, which will be chronicling all of the Pulitzer Prize winning shows. Um, You will be able to listen to it starting on Saturday. If not, I think there might be a little bit of a tease in the regular feed on Saturday. But if you aren't part of Patreon, you will not be able to hear this entire show until June. So head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to get in on all of the Patreon goodness. This makes me really happy because I actually I started at the beginning of the year reading a lot more plays just generally because they're easier for me to consume than books, which I apparently will never finish another book again in my life. Um, but as a result, <laughs> reading more plays and like have had purposely saved the Pulitzer Prize for Drama list, oh, intending wow. to read through all of them as I could find them available and have read through a few. Uh, so I'm just going to basically like read along with this podcast. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. That's a smart thing. Thanks, Jan. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into the news, Ashley. We were talking before the show started that you and Grace seem to get all of the really juicy stuff. Like, (laughs) I'm off on the days, and that's not done on purpose. We set our schedule at the beginning of the week, and uh, then... Yeah, you're happen. not avo- you're not avoiding oh, important no. news. I mean, I think anybody who's listens knows that I'm not a, uh, purposely avoiding controversial yeah. topics. <laughs> but here is one that is a little controversial, um, but not necessarily to the level that you and Grace have had in recent weeks. This is actually coming from a very good friend of Karen Olivo and someone who um, has done some activism work together. This is coming from the great Eden Espinosa's Instagram account. Yesterday, she posted, or I guess on Wednesday, she posted the email that she got from Actors' Equity Association giving her an update as to when her spring 2021 dues were due. Apparently, she has a balance of $473. They used two dollar signs. I don't know what that's all about. Um, and they did remind her that there <laughs> will be no... money. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's a different currency that they needed in. But anyway, um, there will be no late fees charged until June 30th which is very nice of them, even though um, the dues are due in full on May 31st. What the great Eden Espinosa, former Tell Me More guest, said in her Instagram post was, and I quote, You have continued to give us the runaround. You have continued to underestimate the members of your union. You keep saying you are equity. Equity is you. 
Well, we are tired and sick of being gaslit. I will pay my dues when you have a plan of action and actually prove that you are taking care of your members, which we already know you're not, which we already know you Mm. don't act in our best interest. You're in bed with producers and theater owners, which makes it hard to give people answers when your mouth is in a compromised position. The rest is all in caps. Yes, I said it. Do better. Protect us. Hashtag no news, no dues. That's really catchy. And, yeah. uh, at, at Actors Equity, hashtag I'm done. So uh, one, other thing, one other thing I want to mention um, for this post, she put her location as pissedoff.com so which is wonderful so my, Ash- that's that's my personal website yeah, actually absolutely. So, <laughs> thanks for the promotion eden yeah. yeah yeah now ashley we have been talking about issues with actors equity for most of the pandemic and highlighting things where it just seems mm. like they are not yeah. doing much at, at all and it seems like over the past few weeks first with the um, with the letter that um, Timothy Hughes from Town sent and was signed by a bunch of people. And now this thing from Eden Espinosa, which was shared by like basically every single Broadway actor that I follow on uh, social media. It really seems like people are fed up. And now that we actually have some things where it looks right. like shows are coming back. They still don't know how they're coming back, and that is really pissing people off. <laughs> That's it's really interesting. I didn't really know what. Uh, I saw that she had posted, but I didn't see the full of what she had posted as you just read. So I was, uh, you know, a little bit out of the loop as far as what was happening. But I mean, we've talked about equity problems for months and months and months now, especially during, you know, the back end of the pandemic, even though we're still in it, um, and shows starting to come back and now equity starting to approve shows, uh, to come back and, as you said, like nobody really knows what that's going to look like. So them asking for dues is standard, of course, but mm-hmm. just a slap in the face at this yeah. point. Like they're clearly not protecting them in ways of we're in a pandemic. They're clearly not protecting them in ways of, you know, just general workplace harassment and violence as we've been talking about constantly for the past couple of weeks. Uh, so. You know, what is, what does protection look like going forward? And when are they actually going to say something that is new and helpful to their members? You know, I, it's interesting. I grew up in a household where my dad worked in, in transportation logistic management, which is Mm. basically warehouses. And, he always was not anti-union, but anti-unions that, that he sure. worked with because they made doing the job a, a lot harder and they were used basically as a weapon in his, yeah. in his words. I always argue the fact that they are incredibly important to keep people safe. I don't yep. know what equity is really doing to help its members. We have I have heard, no clue. Especially right now. I have no clue. Yeah. And they're like, I've heard so much about them torpedoing um, so many different streaming productions because they wouldn't mm. budge on the fees, which means, you know, they're, they're theoretically trying to make it so that their members get more money. But in, you know, they're, they're kind of cutting off their nose despite their face and no one's making yeah. money because of it. Then we have no idea what is actually going on. 
with the safety plan, and the safety plan is absurd. So I just I'm not sure what the equity plan is doing is now. Absurd. Yeah, yeah. I I have absolutely no idea. And like you know, what I talked about when I did the interview with Alan Felderman back in whatever that was August, as far as you know, doing equity approved productions in the pandemic, and what a app. Absolute process that was to go through. Like, you know, what has changed since then? What are they doing going forward as, you know, things are kind of loosening up a bit? Like, what does that look like? And why is it seemingly? Cause I mean, you know, we're not part of equity, obviously. Um, but, but we even. Yeah, of course. Like, where's our card? <laughs> uh, but even people who are members. The way they've been talking, it sounds like things are just so oddly secretive. I don't understand it. Yeah. So who knows what is going to happen here? Hopefully there is some sort of, of resolution or remedy quickly because actors need actors equity. And yeah. it's unfortunate that we're at this point where it does not seem that the union is serving its members like it should. Right. We're not shit-talking it in the sense of, like, this is a useless thing. It was, it's like, be better. Actually help your members where they need you the most so far. Hashtag be best. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. I say never forget, but please forget. Yeah. All right, Ashley, let's take a real quick break to talk about our sponsor, ExpressVPN. We have been talking about ExpressVPN all week and for a large part yeah. of this year. If you don't remember what ExpressVPN is, it does a ton of different things to help you online. One of the things that we want to talk about this week is that ExpressVPN allows you to unlock movies and TV shows and other kinds of content on streaming services that are only available in other countries that you mm -hmm. are not currently in. Yeah, and the way that it does that is it changes your online location, makes you think that you're somewhere else. You open the app, select a location, tap just one button. This is not a complicated process. And then you refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. You can choose from over a 100 different countries. So if you want to watch Doctor Who, you can do that from UK Netflix. You can watch anime from Japanese Netflix. And this works with any streaming service. It's not just Netflix. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube. As I said yesterday, probably ones that aren't even invented yet because there are so damn many. So many. It's there for you. So yeah. many. Yeah. And what's great about ExpressVPN as compared to other VPNs is that you can use ExpressVPN to stream in HD, which is if you've ever been around the uh, seedier parts of the interwebs, you know that most VPNs oh, do not do that. Um, there's no buffering, there's no lag, and it allows you to stream whatever you want on whatever device you want. Phones, laptops, smart TVs, computers, whatever. And like I said, ExpressVPN is not just specifically about changing your location. While that's one of the many benefits, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Mm -hmm. So go to expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio. All right, Ashley, let's get back into some good old-fashioned show and casting news. First up, the Tectonic Theater Project announced that they would be bringing their show, The Seven Deadly Sins, from its sold-out run in Miami 
to New York City this summer, beginning mm. on June 23rd. Audiences will explore the perils and pleasures of the Sins outdoors as they rotate through a series of cleverly designed storefront windows throughout the meatpacking district in small, socially distanced groups while wearing masks. They will then watch and listen to the seven world premiere plays, all 10 minutes in length, through provided disposable earbuds to actors standing behind a glass barrier to isolate themselves from the other actors. Um, the short plays uh, are written each by a different writer. Uh, Ngazi Anyanwu wrote Gluttony. Thomas Bradshaw wrote Sloth. MJ Kaufman wrote Pride. Moises Kaufman, no relation as far as I know, wrote Greed. Um, Jeffrey LaHosta wrote Envy. Ming Pfeiffer wrote Wrath and Bess Wall wrote Lust. Uh, Moises Kaufman, uh, as he is the artistic director of Tectonic, will be directing. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that like to uh, get a little sauced before your shows, there will be a bar. Yep. There will be a bar open 30 minutes before the performance starts. Now, actually, I am not going to be coming up to New York this summer, at least as far as I can foresee at this point. Mm. So I'm going to need you to go check this out for me, okay? Because this is sounds yeah. incredible. I gotcha. And I will get uh, sauced. Don't worry. Thank you. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, yesterday, 59 East 59th announced that they would be joining forces with a handful of regional theaters to co-present a virtual off-Broadway transfer of Missed Connections, a show that previously ran from Chicago's A Red Orchid Theater. The live interactive play with magic uh, conceived specifically for an intimate virtual experience is co-written by John Ty and Alex Gruhen, uh, who serve as the star and director respectively. Miss Connections will run online May 1st through the 20th. That sounds like you need to get on that. Yeah, you I've seen a lot of the magic massive stuff. Massive magic fan, Matt I don't know. I mean, I'm more of an Orlando magic fan. I'm actually not. Ah, I don't like the Orlando up. magic fan. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but finally, the Drama League nominated out of the box theatrics production of the last five years has been extended again. hoo The second run mm. launched this past Tuesday, but instead of closing again on the 25th of April, as was previously announced, it will now be available to stream through May 9th. I've now said this three or four times on Today on Broadway, but if you have not yet seen this production, you need to remedy that as quickly as possible. I know. I've still got it saved. I got to watch it. Yeah. And we've had, um, uh, you know, we've talked about the slot. I did a whole review of it. But if you need more information on any of these shows that are currently in our uh, show and casting news section, you can check out the show notes or broadwayradio.com for more details. All right, Ashley, I've got a couple of recommendations, and the first one is kind of part news, part recommendation. Um, but on uh, Monday, the 12th of this week, we had the first of three uh, editions of three distinct types of performances that make up the period piece monologues. It has more, it features more than 60 performers and playwrights, and they are doing a, a set of monologues on each of the 12th. 19th and 26th um, of this uh, of this month. Each performance will offer a completely unique evening featuring 12 different monologues performed by 12 different actors. Um, 
we have highlights from the first one, um, and they are from Isabel McCullough, who was one of the stars of The Prom, and who I think is absolutely incredible. And mm-hmm. the other one is from recent uh, This Week on Broadway guest Julie Halston. Those two are both available in the show notes. In terms of the other performers that are a part of this whole three-week process, you have Mandy Moore, the actual actress and singer, not the choreographer, A.J. Machalka. Um, you've also got Sarah Chase, Shahadi Wright Joseph, Beth Level, Julie White, Katie Huffman, Lauren Patton, um, Geneva Carr, Jessica Hecht, and Judy Gold. Pretty great. Yeah, great cast. And what's also great about this is not only is that cast incredible, but the playwrights behind the monologues that they're doing are also fantastic. You've got Sarah Rule, Teresa Rebeck, Ngazi Anyanwu, uh, in there, Kit Yan, Lauren Gunderson, and more. Um, just an absolutely all-star cast, both on screen and the people writing it. This whole thing um, is a special project uh, specifically set to destigmatize menstrual cycles, which... You know, what do I know about? But yeah, a a good cause nonetheless. So check out the uh, the two monologues in the show notes and then tune in on the 19th and 26th. The second recommendation that I have is this incredibly cool theater nerd history thing that the New York Times published on Wednesday. And it is it's called reanimating cabaret one frame at a time. And what it is, is um how Prince had hired this marketing photography company to do all of the publicity photos for Cabaret, for the national tours, and all of these different things. And this company uh, eventually donated a bunch of its stuff to the New York Public Library's um, archives. And so the curator of the uh, Billy Rose Theater Division, um, Doug Reside, I believe is, is how you're going to pronounce his name, he undertook a project in which he put together seven different scenes from the original Broadway production of Cabaret and used them kind of like an old-fashioned like flip book so you could actually awesome. see some movement. Um, in there because there was no archive, um, video of this. The f- it was not filmed for streaming, obviously. Um, but it's very, very cool. They have some things that were cut from the original production, including a very Brechtian shadow scene. Um, but you also see, Ooh, um, now we're talking. Yeah. It's very cool. They also have, um, some cool parts where you see, um, the, the kick line in act two turn into a, um, uh, a duck step. You've got, um, you know, Joel Gray in there uh, doing veal common. But what's cool about it is, is, like I said, they did more than just the Broadway production. So you actually see bits of the same scenes with different actors from the national tours. Um, I mean, maybe even a London production. I'm not sure all, all of the productions that are in there, but it's very cool. And they're just, you know, short little like, one or two second things, but there's movement and it looks very stilted. Um, uh, Michael Paulson in the New York Times said it looks kind of like marionettes, which honestly kind of works Ooh, for cabaret. Nice. So it's very cool. So in the show notes, I have the New York Times article that has a lot of these featured in it, but I've also got um, the blog post that um, Doug Reside, the curator from the uh, New York Public Library uh, for the mm-hmm. Performing Arts, um, that he wrote about it. And there's a lot more of them in there as well. So um, check out both. Highly recommend. It was super, super awesome. cool. Yeah. 
That's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and harass Grace at Broadway Radio. You can find me and harass me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people harass you? Do not harass me, but you can <laughs> find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. I'll harass you back. Yeah, seriously, Try. I would not want to harass you ever. Um, stay tuned for uh, the preview of Jan's new show. Um, you will be able to hear it on our Patreon feed tomorrow, Saturday, April 17th. It should be incredible. I cannot wait. Everybody have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. Hey, Patreon subscribers. It's Jan Simpson here. I've missed going to the theater, and I've missed sharing conversations about it with you all. So I'm really excited to be able to introduce you to my new podcast, All the Drama, which will focus on the over 100 plays and musicals that have won America's highest theatrical honor, the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. We'd originally planned to start the series when the Pulitzer Board announced this year's winner, but they've decided to postpone the announcement from its usual mid-April date to June 11th. But as I said, I'm excited to share this new show, and so James and I have decided that the first two episodes will be released early to you, our most devoted supporters. The first will drop in your feed this week. I hope you enjoy it.